Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina. Joining me for the first time since uh, probably late June uh, is Chris Hetler, Dairyfield School Boys Lacrosse Coach. Chris, uh, thanks for uh, putting on your winter jacket and coming on out to uh, Riverside to, to chat with me about some lacrosse. Uh, I, I, you know, it's uh, it's freezing outside, but we're still gonna we're gonna talk some spring sports anyways. A lot of kids heating it up on the lacrosse field here. We got some <laughs> got some good commitments, and uh, it's it's great to be back. So thanks for having me. Uh, I normally this is when I tell you that you can send us questions uh, and that we will answer them, but um, we're probably not going to be doing this again for at least a month or so. So, I mean, you can still send questions. Um, you may not hear answers to them for a while. Uh, of course, you can always email uh, at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. We're once again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Um, but yeah, like we we're saying, it's uh, it's early December and we want to talk some lacrosse because yeah, well, and and you want to give a special special plug to the new the new segment that you're doing too, covering our our indoor I league, the the Tomahawk Indoor League on Sundays there. Player interviews each week, uh, updated standings, highlights from the games. All kinds of great stuff. So if you're missing your lacrosse fix, uh, probably what every Monday. You'd every Monday, every yeah, Monday it will be, be it will be just about every Monday. There's one Monday you guys are off, and one mon or excuse me, one Sunday you guys are off, and one Sunday that I'll be off. So other than that, though, but uh, uh, a lot of your a lot of your favorite favorite teams from the from the spring are playing in that league. You know, it's a, a we don't have everybody in there, but you know the the heavy favorites are in there. Exeter's there, BG's there, Londonderry, Pinkerton. Uh, you know, Dairyfield's playing up in the upper division. Um, we've got a lot of great teams playing. Bedford's looking good right now. Um, you know, so, you know, one any division that you play in, one, two, or three, we, we've got teams playing. So look for highlights each week. Start scouting uh, right now. Absolutely. So you can uh, you maybe get a leg up uh, once, the, once the spring <laughs> starts. Uh, you know what? It's definitely been interesting to see, um, you know, obviously it's indoors, so the field is probably – I don't even want to say it's half, maybe a, a third the size of a, a, so a regulation yeah, we're high playing, school lacrosse we're field. Widths, and so we've got three fields going on in the big building there right. uh, with two in the back on, on hockey-style uh, playing fields. Um, so we've got ten teams playing every hour from, from about 8 in the morning till 5 at night. Um, and it is. It's a very fast-paced game. It's not a goalie-friendly environment. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> with not. The, uh, with the lights <laughs> and uh, you know we try and use orange balls or pink balls whatever we can to, to help out there but um the action is fast and furious. I will so. say there was a stretch of one of the boys one of the higher level boys games that I saw 2 weeks ago where literally 15 seconds I think there were five goals scored like goal it goes in goalie digs the ball out starts it the other way goal it's like you know Goalie, one pass, score. One pass, score. Like it, it was up and down the but field. Then, then you really appreciate the games. Like last week, uh, Derryfield played Pinkerton, and Jack Sweeney and Avery Truex faced off against each other, and it was a great battle. James Heitmiller has been doing well in the net there. Um, you know, there, there's some very good goalies in there. So when you see them make saves on that kind of a stage, it's it's all the more impressive. Is, um I'm forgetting his name from Exeter. Um, he was there he too played, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. splitting time with the the other goalkeeper and, um, and the He's looking good. I, I, I'm, I apologize. I'm going to apologize in advance for names because I'm, <laughs> you know, just coming out of football season, so I'm I'm going to have some problems with names here. But BG's backup goalie, I, I think, Burns was playing Sunday too. Played and he, very well. He played very well. We uh, my my team, my Dairyfield team, played him the week before, and it, you know. 
Uh, James is obviously a very good goaltender. They have uh, BG will have no problem in net this year. God forbid if anything happened to either one of the goalies, they've got two goalies that could right. um, that could get the job done yeah. this year. And you know, from from what I mean, I'm not seeing full games. I'm just getting kind of the highlights that you see on the on the site. Um, but I thought the goalie from Goffstown, whoever he was last week, um, you know, from what I saw, you know, and I don't think they played particularly well overall, but he made some nice saves. They've, and that's going to be one of the positions that they need to fill this year. They graduated their goaltender last year. Um, they've got a couple guys, I think, competing for that spot. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that situation develops over the year there. But that's a team as we get into our previews, uh, you know, in the coming months. That that's a team to watch this spring. They've, yeah. I think they're I think they're a year away from really really being good. But their their junior class, that that sophomore junior class that will be seniors in a couple of years, are very good and and looks like they're going to take a jump. So our main reason for for being here today. Uh, you know, uh, as I'm sure most of you know, it's been about three weeks now since uh, National Signing Day, or at least the non-football signing day. Um, you know, that's coming up first, the early period coming up in a couple of weeks, the main day coming up in February. Um, but for every other sport, signing day is usually the Wednesday before everybody goes on break for Thanksgiving. So it's kind of eight days before Thanksgiving, if you will. And, um, you know, as I think we were, you know, we were kind of just talking before we started here. You know, lacrosse has really become the sport in New Hampshire where, you know, if there's a majority of kids or, or a lot of kids that are going on to play at the next level. And, and in many cases, some are going to play at the highest level. Um, so we wanted to take a few minutes or take some of your you know time here to, to recognize those kids and, and kind of, you know, point out who to watch this spring and where they're going next year. Yeah, I mean, Joe, I think it's remarkable. You know, I've been here, I've been in the state now for 17 years, and to see the growth of the, the sport and the number of kids getting the opportunities to play in college, um, you know, we like to tell the story. When we started Tomahawks, we started with one team. We had uh, 24 kids trying out for 23 spots. And now to see the number of kids not only playing, but being getting a chance to play in college is just tremendous um Th that was just boys too to start yeah. out wasn't it I, yeah. I did not realize this i heard this um last week that that and i didn't even think about it that the girls the girls program wasn't added until believe, very recently it was very recent i believe it was 2015 when we started our first uh first program and now with uh our first group of 2019s graduating this year uh, the girls have over 12, 12 commits in the uh in the 2019 class with more to come as the as the uh, admission decisions come in those are just ones that have been pre-committed and, and not having to wait for uh, admissions to come through. And they've got a great start on 2020. They've got seven girls, seven to eight girls already committed in the in the 2020 class. Who are some of the, um, I guess, the, the kids that are going to some of those top programs? Well, you know, if we start on the boys' side for this year, uh, you know, the funny part is it, Division Two actually has over more Division One commits than, than in D1 this year. So there's a I tremendous just, amount yeah, of talent. Yeah, that, that is kind of remarkable. In, in D2 this year. So, you know, uh, recently Cody Stevens from Wyndham, who, who arguably might be one of the better defenders in the state this year, uh, just an absolute beast on defense, he committed to UMass Lowell recently. He, he's got the inside track. I mean, um, I think my defender, Max Horton, will have something to say about it, but I think Cody has the inside track on being Defensive Player of the Year right now. You know, and it, it's funny, uh, during football season, um, Stevens was arguably the, one of the best tight ends in the state this past year. And after, you know, I, I forget which game it was I saw Wyndham play this year, and he had just a, a monster game. And, um, you know, one of the other reporters that was there 
went up to, to Coach Raycraft afterwards and was just, where is this kid? Who's he getting looks from in football? And he's, he chuckled and said, no, he, he's a lacrosse kid. So he, you know, he's a success story for a lot of kids to look at and, and look up to and the fact that, you know, he came into lacrosse, uh, you know, on the scene a little bit later and was really an athlete first and, and has gotten his, his skill in lacrosse has come over the last couple of years and got recruited late. And it just goes to show that, you know, you can still play Division One if you continue to work on your footwork, becoming a better athlete, you know, doors are going to open for you. If you're good, if you're a good athlete, coaches are going to come after you. Um, you know, so sticking along those lines, um, you know, defensively, uh, Jack Manning from Sauhegan just recently committed from St. Michael's, um, you know, kid who had sort of some injury bugs last year, um, you know, going to come on the scene this year. I think he's going to be he's going to be a terror for Sauhegan. I think I think he's coming with a chip on his shoulder, missed some time, wants to lead Sauhegan back to, you know, they had a little bit of a down year last year. Right. I think yeah. he has something to prove this year. I think yeah. that's that's a kid to watch, too, um, on the defensive front. Um, you know, and then two other ones uh, for my for my guys, Max Horton and Alex Neville, uh, both looking to play at the next level. Max is committed to Hobart, and uh, Alex Neville is committed to the uh, application process at Bates. He's just waiting to hear back there, but um, you know he'll he, you know he's looking to play at the Division three level at Bates there. It's um, yeah, and you've got a couple other guys too um, that have signed on or committed to other mm -hmm. programs as well. In the goal, uh, Avery Truex, again this week, hoping for hoping for good things. Uh, if all goes well, he'll be playing for Connecticut College next year, another NESCAC school. He'll be, uh, he'll be, Alex Neville maybe maybe bringing the ball down the field and shooting against them in years to come. Um, and then uh, John Anderson was uh, one of our one of our early commits too, uh, and will be playing um, Division One for Providence next year. Very nice. Um, you know, over the years, how many how many guys do you think you've had go Division One? Uh, we've had from from Dairyfield from Dairyfield from Dairyfield from Dairyfield um, only a handful um, over the last couple of years. I think uh, Michael Chason, who went to yep. went to Air yeah. Force. Um, the majority of my guys have gone Division two and Division three, very high level academic schools. Um, but we, we're starting to turn that corner. Um, another one of my talented guys, Johnny McLean, is going to be going to Monmouth next year. So this has been just an, an unbelievable class for me at Dairyfield, and um, you know, but it, it, they put a tremendous amount of work into it. Um, you know, who are some some other? Uh, you mentioned um, you know the large number of Division two kids that are going to Division one. Who from Division one is in that kind of upper upper echelon there? Uh, well, before we finish up, before we go on to so, Division oh, didn't, one, didn't mean uh, to didn't mean to, to <laughs> jump the gun. We there. can't leave these guys out. Uh, just guy, another guy who's going to make noise this year. Cole Brahms from Portsmouth. Yep. yep. Uh, tremendous faceoff kid who's also not only just going to be a faceoff kid, but he's probably going to be one of Portsmouth's leading scorers. His ability to create early offense. Uh, Utah snatched him up pretty early, and so brand new pro, brand new Division One program out yep. there. They'll be playing D one, and um, so Cole's going to be heading out there. And another guy that a lot of teams had to deal with, and I think are is happy that is moved out of our division. <laughs> Dylan Arant recently committed uh -huh. this fall to uh, to UMass, and uh, so he he was at uh, Merrimack Valley and will now be playing. He reclassified, so he'll be at twenty twenty. And now at Brewster, but uh, a guy that I think a lot of teams will be happy to see out of Division Two this year. You know, and and you mentioned you know Utah, the new program there, um, and and Cole's going to have after a year, um, as of right now, a guy that that's maybe pretty familiar to him coming out there is, um, as Matt anyone Licata. anyone that saw the interviews this week on nh-highschoolsports.com, Timberlane's Matt Lakata committed verbally to uh, to Utah. 
and Matt will be getting some good competition. He'll uh, he'll get some good looks now that uh, Timberlane for this season. We'll talk more maybe at the end of our uh, podcast here about uh, changes in the in the league. But uh, Matt will be playing in Division One this year with the you know the BGs and the yeah. Pickertons yeah. and the Exeters of the world. Um, you know, amazing change of direction, great stick protection, and uh, just a tremendously accurate shooter. Um, you know, he at times took Timberlane on his back last season and willed them to victories last year. Um, you know, so if that kid gets a little bit more size on him, man, is he going to be a terror. But already his foot speed alone is going to uh, he's going to be a great addition to Utah. So I'm sure yeah, Cole will be happy to have him out one, there. One thing about that size is if you can – if you've got the speed, you know, it doesn't matter because guys can't catch up to you. That's the great equalizer in lacrosse. We, You know, you can have body type, all different body types. As long as as long as you can play play the game and you can get your get your feet going, it doesn't matter. Um, before we do move on, I do want to mention, because I know there's going to be someone that, that will say to us when we're done, you forgot about me or you forgot, you know, you forgot this guy. You had your chance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many people saw it, but, out, you know, around signing day, I put a tweet out there. If you are signing, please let us know. We want to recognize it. We want to get it out there. Incentives and to stay in touch with the show. You know, so so if you didn't do that, then and you you don't hear your name or or you know someone don't hear their name, that's why. So if you're upset, that's fine. You can be upset, but and let us know. <laughs> we'll add you in there. And uh, uh, you know, again, you know, final final Seacoast guy in, that I know of in, in Division Two, Andrew Tess uh, recently signed a good defenseman there. From uh, Dover, recently signed uh, with SNHU, so he'll be playing staying nice. local, staying with SNHU. And of course, Dover, another team that's uh, making the jump up this year, and with a, a new head coach in uh, Liam Murphy. Um, so they, I know, Ed traded emails with him around the time he got the job. He sounded very excited about uh, being able to, to coming home, get that opportunity. So yep, uh, former former player for for Dover, and uh, you know was an assistant coach, and now taking over the program and going to do good things with that program. And now, those D1 guys, can we jump to them now? We can or? absolutely okay, jump right, to them. All right. So we recently had, so I just actually, you know, uh, sports recruits, we'll give a little plug to them, the great, great recruiting site that we use with the Tomahawks there. I, they, I recently just got two updates today. Um, our two most recent signings, Tyler Hall of Sauhegan going to Clarkson, and Owen McCormick going to uh, staying local Franklin Pierce, going out with Coach Senator. And he's uh, he's from Pinkerton. As well, yeah, from, from, from Pinkerton. Pinkerton, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he join he joins a, a fellow classmate Ryan Osier, uh, who's going to be playing Division One with Bryant, one of our one of our early commits. Um, you know, super talented, super talented player from last year. Um, you know, looking on. You know, hopefully we'll recover from from injuries from the fall and be out there this spring or at least at least for the playoffs. So hoping hoping the best for him. Um, but a, a bright future for him at Bryant next year. How about um, on the girls' side? Anybody or what are the ones that kind of. Uh you know, really stand out to you? Well, I think what stands out to me is that uh, there's a lot of girls that are getting some opportunities to stay to stay local here and getting a great education. Um, there's uh, Sarah Duart from uh, Londonderry, who's who's going to SNHU. Sydney Todd from BG, who's going to SNHU. Um, we have Erica Irving from, from Wyndham, who will be a 2020 that's going to Merrimack. Um, Aaron Ortega from from Merrimack, who's going to Wheaton. Merrimack's got a couple girls uh, that are, that have been signed. Autumn Howe, who's going to Thomas. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of girls staying local here, and it's just the beginning for our, our girls. We're we're really starting to make some noise on that side, and um, you know, tremendous opportunities there. It's kind of like our boys, where the the 2020 class is going to be 
you know, we're, we're really proud of what our 2019s have done and our 2020s look to be look to be even better. You know, you mentioned a couple of Merrimack girls there. I'm good, good to hear that they've kind of, you know, they were a, a pretty strong program, um, you know, back when I was really starting to get into covering lacrosse um, early 2010s and um, hit a rough patch there for a couple of years and now really seem to be uh, bouncing back nicely. Um, you know, they're, they've, uh, I remember at the end of the season, they'd, put together a nice run to get into the playoffs and then you know I think they were a pretty young team um, so good to see them kind of getting back into things you know staying local down here Lauren Schock from Nashua North is going to Endicott next year and then um, you know no surprise with with the success that BG had last spring winning their championship they've got four girls in the 2019 class signed Emily Santum, Grace Lambert, Sydney Todd and uh, Abby, Abby, Hay Abby Hayhurst all, all signing and, and going to uh, Plymouth State Randolph-Macon, SNHU, and Wingate, respectively. And then they've got another girl, Sophie O'Brien, who's headed to UMass Lowell next year already. How much has um, – I know I think we might have talked about this a little bit last year that because they've changed the, changed the rules in terms of recruiting recently in terms of when you can talk to kids and when, when colleges can ta start talking to kids, how early kids are allowed to commit. What, what kind of is the – the, so the guideline now and, and officially and now coaches can start contacting kids they can start having phone calls and initiating initiating contact September 1st of their junior year um, it hasn't completely eliminated the early recruiting there's a lot of kids that that are getting information through their coaches and stuff like hey you know you should really really come to our, our they're, they're basically encouraging them to come to their prospect days to get early looks at them and get feedback and you know, but um, it has. I think what it what it's doing is allowing some of the traditional powers in lacrosse to um, to become even stronger because really they're getting a better look at those kids. And they're not having to commit to them early and make mistakes. Um, so in the long run, I think it's going to help those traditional programs that that kids you know the name schools that kids know that um, helping them to make better decisions about kids. Is that good also or from it a coach? It's also yeah, helping me a yeah. little bit because before it was like when you weren't signed by the end of your freshman year. You were freaking out. You know, you haven't even played a full year of varsity yet, yeah. and, and you're freaking out that you know I'm no good at lacrosse anymore. So it's it's helping to relax that part of it a little bit. I was gonna say I can imagine for some of the kids, kids and high it, the on the one end the high school end of it, it's got to be a good thing because you're not bombarded. You know, if you're great, you know, you're really good from from when you start. You're not bombarded with this stuff the day you, you know, walk into high school. Um, and on the other, you know, the the if you can't even talk to someone until you're you know, two years into it, that's got to help. But yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, on the other end, it's, you yeah, know, I think Cody, Steve, like we talked about, I think Cody Stevens is a great example of that. You know, if, if UMass, and again, UMass Lowell's a, a, a newer division one program, but it is quickly caught up to a lot of other programs, you know, had a lot of close games and starting to win some of those big games, you know, in years past, Cody may not have had a spot. He may have developed too late and people not may not have seen him. You know, that's, that's a great example of a kid who played multiple sports, was a, was a star in, in multiple sports. And now, you know, um, recently figured out that lacrosse is what he wants to do in college and, and now has that opportunity. So you alluded to earlier that we were going to chat a little bit about what um, what the NHIA has done to lacrosse this season, this upcoming season. Um, you know, obviously it hasn't been talked about too much because, again, it's December. Um, but they once again, you know, with the beginning of the first year of a two-year cycle, you know, things change, school sizes change, they move teams around. Um, you know, this year they've gone back to a what is it's a 
well, they've got listed 15 teams in Division One, but I think as you were telling me the other day, it's actually going to be 14 teams from what, what you've will, heard. It will, be four, it will be 14 teams because Manchester Memorial has co-opted with West, and when that happened, I believe they were they, they petitioned and were successful in petitioning into Division uh, Division Two, Which Memorial um, was in last year. Right. West didn't have a program last year, didn't have a team last year, so, you know, this year their, their size puts them in Division One, but... They petitioned back into Division Two, yep. along with Manchester Central. I would have loved to. I would have loved to see an, an all-city co-op team for a little while. I think it would have been great to have Manchester Central, Memorial, and West all co-op together and be able to develop a true JV and freshman team and, and build back up lacrosse in Manchester. But I think it's a step in the right direction for for both teams there. You know, the other other changes um, in Division One this year, as we mentioned, Dover and Timberlane both moving up. Uh, Keene also joining them. So those three programs. Um, new to Division One this year. On the other end, moving down, as I said, Central and also Merrimack. So you've got three coming in, two going out. Gets you to 14 teams. Changes schedules a little bit, I think, because... The, 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 the biggest yeah. impact, if anything, I think it will... Uh, there's talk that... Um, you know, there'll be much more flexibility where where the Pinkertons and the BGs and the Exeters and the Londonderries and the Bedfords of the world will be able to go back to that that great out of state schedule that that everyone liked to see so much. You know, getting the the best of New Hampshire competing against the best of Massachusetts and Maine and Connecticut and different different places like that. So, I, I think it's actually I, I think in the long run it's a good thing. Um, it is going to make it challenging in Division Two. There's going to be a glut of teams that are there. Um, that are all looking, you know, how that's going to shake out in standings. I, I think it will work itself out in the end. Uh, the good teams all still want to play each other. Um, you also had Cole Brown moving up from, you know, their Co enrollment must have gone up. And Cole they, Brown. They, they've been moved um, up into uh, Conval, Conval also moving up. Yep. Um, um, you know, teams teams like John Stark, Bo, St. Thomas, Derryfield, um, you know, they've all, we've, we've all petitioned up again into Division Two. Um, so, you know, t potentially with, with Manchester Memorial and West coming in there, 21 teams, you know, most teams are getting a 12 to 14 game schedule. It'll be interesting to see how other teams, you know, uh, you know, do they play teams multiple times? Do they try and get, you know, 18 different, 17, 18 different games in there? So the Division II uh, tournament in the end of the season could be could be interesting. There'll be a I lot of teams that may not have played each other yet. I believe, again, it's going to be a 10, 10 team field, or am I wrong on that? Fort, it's either... No, uh, 10 or 14. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, with the number of teams there, it's the 66% rule. So, so, it, so it would be, I believe it, it is 14. 14 yeah, teams. 14 teams. I don't teams. know if that's the official tournament yet. Um, I don't know if they've done it's, that. It's on their on the website somewhere. Um, I know Division One had nine, um, so there'll be an extra game there this year. Division Two, 14. So that would be the top top two seeds getting buys. Um, and then division, getting, which would be different in the bet. We've done the top four when it's been a 12, four, right, team, right. 12 team tournament. We've done the top four. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Division three having 15 teams, they're a, a, a 10 team tournament. Um, but I think they've actually they actually went um, against that and actually went down. I think that's the. No, they, um, they, they, they had they eight. Had they eight. had eight last they year. Yeah, eight. so they've yeah. added two teams, which again, I mean, that just yeah, it means they there's going to be two extra first round games. You know, and I I, I like but that. But that was a special exception. They may continue to do that. Division three went against, even though they had the option of having more teams in the tournament, they set it at only eight. So I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked. I, I don't know for sure if that's the uh, if they'll well, do that again or if they'll if they'll take ten teams in. Let's find um, out. Actually, it should say right 
right along here. Um, well, we're looking at that though. That's going to lead into some interesting. In the 2020s, we've already got we've got a, a bunch of kids already signed. We we talked about Matt Licata earlier from Timberland with Utah, but then you've got you've got some other big names. Brian Barlotta, a former former Bedford player out at Govs now with Fairfield. Sean Cameron uh, of BG recently uh, flipping his commitment from Maryland to Harvard. Nathan Liberty, a former Pinkerton player at Governors, uh, going to Bryant. And then, uh, and then we talked about Dylan Ron earlier with, with Merrimack Valley and Brewster with, with UMass. So some big names already in the 2020 class for us. So I found our answer, and our answer is both. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the, in, under the lacrosse setting, it does still say 8, 12, and 8. Um, if you look at the uh, page that has the tournament 70% rule on there, it says 9, 14, and 10. And that says it was updated in November. So... I think that's what I was looking at, so I'm assuming that that's. It says that was updated. Um, so that may be, yeah, that, that's interesting. So that was updated as of November 29th, but we'll see. You know, I think uh, w whatever it is, the best teams will still, I think, will we'll still come out on top. Uh, of course, a lot to a lot of time to still figure that out. Um, of course, uh, on the girls' side, I think things were pretty much, you know, still this, you know, largely the same um, in terms of the divisions. Of course, on that side, there are still it's still eight, eight, and eight in, in for the playoffs. So you'd have you know quarterfinals, semis, and, and, and finals. Um, you know, fifteen teams again in Division One. Uh, looks like the big change. Um, you know, Timberlane moving up to Division One on the girls' side, and Keene coming down. So basically, just a one-for-one one switch there. But then, like in on the boys' side, you've got Conval, Co Brown moving up to Division Two. And this year they've moved uh, Milford, which will be a second-year program, um, down to Division Three, and Pembroke, which has struggled, I think, recently in uh, in Division Two. So, some good moves there. Um, although, you know, now that I look at it, they've got a Memorial West listed in Division One too. I wonder if on the the same s it'll be the same thing where they move that one down to around, Division yeah. Two. But they've got a little bit they've got a little bit more parity in terms of numbers there with 15, 15, and 17 across the board there. So. Um, you know, it's good to see ADs looking out for their programs and trying to place their teams in the in the correct division for them. You know, there has been some talk um, in terms of football, at least, where you know, with the addition of that fourth division, um, you know, where would games be played? Uh, obviously, the top three were played at UNH again this year, and as far as I know, that's the plan for next season as well. Um, you know, they switched the boys a few years ago to. All that that one Saturday in June, um, you like that? Where would you would you want to play your championship game if you're the number one seed at your home field and not be able to see those other two games? Uh, you know, I, I enjoy it all being in one place. I think it's a it's a really cool atmosphere. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if in the coming years if you saw uh, all the games be moved to SNHU with the facility that they put in there. Um, I would love to see that. I don't know the the politics well, and the finances behind it. It's um, it's it's actually funny you would say that because they did post uh, working dates for <laughs> the spring, and it does actually say that Bill Ball Stadium or SNHU or SNHU or the Ooh, How about that? So that that would be tremendous. I mean, you know, there, there's there's always a chance when you when you play it at Bill Ball or you play at Stellos or you play at Bedford. There's a chance that the the home team is going to get that advantage if if they make it that far in the round. And so, 
you know, SNHU uh, would be a nice compromise. You know, nobody plays on that field. It's a great venue. Uh, I went to see a couple games there last year. Plenty of seating, great field. Parking um, is better than it was. Parking is better than it was. Still not yeah. perfect, but <laughs> uh, it's still pretty good. Even if you have, it's a nice little walk. Even if you have to take a walk. Well, it was. Um, a, it's a bit of a walk. I mean, I, I'm talking in terms of basketball. Yep. You know, the y- y- only a select few get to park behind. Um, you know, you, otherwise you're pretty much across the street walking uh, a, a good length. Um, you know, to get to the basketball championship games. But it, I mean, it would make sense to have that there, like you said. You know, I, I think Exeter in Division One has played the last two years in the semifinals on their their home field. I'm um, not. I don't think it's been any. Well, obviously, hasn't been any advantage because. You know they they've not advanced to the final yet, but and they do and, and with all, they do a great job of putting on the, the venue there. Um, Bill Ball himself has done a great job of uh, of hosting everyone there. They they've got parking down to a T. The the concessions have been great, and um, you know again they've got plenty of plenty of seating there. So if it does end up at Bill Ball again, that's a that's a you know not a bad fallback for us this but year. But you you play so many other championships and other sports. I mean again basketball is at UNH, Plymouth State, SNHU. Football's at UNH. Boys soccer has been at, at, at SNU, um, you know, for years now. Hockey's up at the the arena in Manchester. That uh, I won't say the Verizon, the, the SNHU <laughs> arena <laughs> in uh, in Manchester. So I mean, I think it would be, I think it'd be a nice, uh, a, a change that you've got in every other sport, pretty much. And you know, the other reason I like SNHU because it's it's central to everyone. You know, everyone's got to drive a little bit to get there, um, but it's not. When you're way out on the seacoast or up at UNH, um, you know it, it's it's a lot of driving for a lot of teams to, yeah. to get there yeah. to that area, and for fan for fans, you know a lot of fan a lot of parents that are working and stuff like that, and you you know easier to get to those games. You know, and with the way that they they structure the playoffs too, um, you know if you're playing those games on Saturday at SNU, softball's going on at the same time, baseball is often going on at the same time. Those are taking place in Manchester, so. You know, it makes it a logistically a little bit easier then. I mean, you're not going halfway across the state if you've got a team playing or you've got a school and you're playing in multiple multiple championship games there. Yep, so it'll be some, something to watch for as we get closer. Maybe we'll have those answers as we get closer to doing our season preview uh, in the winter here. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, I guess, I guess that's a good way to wrap it up then. You know, we, we uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to uh, a way, way too early lacrosse discussion. Uh, I guess not, not. Never too early, but ways to go until the season starts um hopefully we'll be back Um, good way to get our feet wet exactly yes and like we said earlier uh if you haven't checked out um you know the coverage of the indoor league it'll be up every monday at nh-highschoolsports.com uh any other final thoughts to to well i would just i would encourage anyone who's listening out there if there if there's uh guys or girls that we've missed tonight that that you want to highlight please please send those our ways we'd be happy to we'd love to give a shout out i mean that's really what tonight was about is just uh celebrating the success that our that our kids in the state have had and um so if you didn't hear your name tonight and and you'd like to get recognized for the for the hard work you put in coaches out there as well if you if you've got players on your team that you know we neglected to mention please send them our way and we you know as the especially as those uh, uh, applications get in and, and they, they hear from colleges, we'd love to recognize them. So please send them our way. Chris, thanks again for uh, taking the time and joining me. He is uh, Chris Hetler, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach. Thanks again. Joe, thanks for having us. I am Joe Marcellina from nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, we are uh, going to take a little bit of a break probably for the next month or so, and hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for listening.